Hey, sickos. I'm LJ. And I'm Toe. And I'm Astro. And this is Say Psycho Right Now. Say Psycho Right Now is a true crime and paranormal podcast. Some content may be considered disturbing or graphic. We don't typically provide trigger warnings due to the nature of the content we discuss. Listener discretion is advised. We are also potty mouths. If you're not put off by that, shout out you. Buckle up and get ready for another episode of Say Psycho. To shop brand merchandise, access our socials, or become a Patreon member with access to early episodes and bonus content, find us on any social media platforms and consult the link tree in our bio, or go to www.patreon.com slash psycho right now. You can also follow us on our socials or wherever you stream your podcasts and leave a five-star review if you're enjoying our content so that we can continue to reach more people. Following us on Patreon enables us to produce more content and enables you to access more content. So we highly recommend checking that out. Now let's get into today's episode. Hey guys, thanks for coming back again. Last welcome, week. welcome, welcome to the big spooky pod. Yeah, what did we do our last episode on? I can't even remember what it would have been. Mm, you know what? That's a question that I just don't have the answer to right now. It was um, something weird. The last thing you guys listened to was weird, so thanks for coming back. <laughs> <laughs> Today we have a special guest from Astrocat Gaming. Astro yeah. has joined us today. Hi, I'm Astro. Yeah, Hi. so we actually go like way back. We went to high school together, and mm -hmm. I watched her get her, uh, you know, gamer girl platform off the ground. And I've been following her journey, you know, launching her YouTube and all of that good stuff. And now she's following our podcast. And I'm just like, it only felt right to have her on as our first guest just like along for the ride for today's case which is on jasmine fiore 
I'm sorry, Jasmine Fiore, who was a playmate that unfortunately was murdered by her partner at the time. Hate that. Also, I just want to interject here for a minute because I know this is going to bother LJ because of who she is as a person. I did check the calendar and the last thing that the people would have listened to is Murdoch. Oh my god, it's a beautiful thing that you checked that for me because literally it was at like the back of my brain and I could barely finish sentences. <laughs> yeah, so. so LJ and I do have a calendar that we live off of and it's has things like, you know, scheduled scheduled <laughs> episodes, you know, the day that toe turns old things like that which happened to coincide with tax day if i remember correctly it sure did (laughs) (laughs) beautiful well we also had a lot of patreon i say a lot we had five five is a lot to me because i'm still just like in awe that anybody would actually pay to listen to us but we want to give special thank yous to our five new patrons one of whom actually happens to be astro so thank you astro yes she's on our parabnormal tier so if you didn't know after three months you get like a special little sticker super fun but just wanted to slap on the old gamer yeah. laptop. Love it's, that. A, it's a great sticker. LJ has it on her oh, minivan. Oh, it's been right on the hydro flask. I carry it with me wherever I go. So, Oh, You'll so cute. Me. Aww. In we your were, little pocket. I love it. We're so flattered. <laughs> so if we, had, if we had feelings, we might actually shed a tear about that. I don't know. I felt something. Not enough to make me cry, but it was nice. It gave me a good feeling. A little warm and fuzzy. Okay. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> We have four other followers who trickled in. We've got Audra, no intro needed, the Madonna of Audras. That's all I've got. Yesenia, who is the only person who joined as a Patreon who's actually from California. And she joined right after I made an announcement that... I wrongfully introduced all of our Patreons on Instagram as being from California, but it's actually just where Patreon is based. That's the address that was showing in the email. And then she messaged me and she's like, but wait, I am actually from California. So shout out to her for being the only person from California after I just explicitly announced that she wasn't from California. Beautiful. Um, We've got Julie Babel, who has been following my blog for like five years. Love her so much. Thank you for the support. And Erin Liggett. I hope I'm saying that right. If it's like Leger or something, I feel like a classless whore. So So, Erin Liggett or Erin Leger, let us know. Drop a comment, please. Aaron. Leggett. Aaron. Aaron with an E. Oh. Le jeté. I don't know. Aaron. God. Beautiful. We have a beautiful following. We love you guys so much. Thanks for paying to listen to us babble. Can't believe you do. But so appreciate it. (laughs) Our hope is that if we get enough Patreons, we're going to be able to like soundproof things, upgrade microphone equipment and stuff. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. And also, we just decided today that there is an episode that I have fully drafted out that is going to be for Patreons only. Okay, um, did, we, did we decide that? Yeah, we decided it. I had a feeling about it because I was really excited about the case. And then I was like, I have a feeling about every single case. Like, I want to share it with everybody. Yeah. 
but we have to do like some LJ, LJ, LJ gave you guys a super special extra weird episode that I'm honestly being forced to participate in against my will. So I came across this, like, I don't want to say meme because it's like not something that made me LOL, but <laughs> oh, it made me LOL. <laughs> <laughs> made toe LOL. I don't know. It was this like little blurb that it was like three human skin bound books were found in Harvard's library. And I was like, oh, excuse me. <laughs> like what? Human flesh bound book. I was like, I need to know. So I sent myself an email about it. And I was like, I'm going to have to, like, research that later because I just need to know. But instead, I, like, I couldn't let it go. So I, like, laid down to go to sleep and I was just like, no, I need to know immediately. And I ended up staying up until 2 a.m. and outlining a whole episode on anthropodermic bibliopathy, which is the practice and history of binding books in human flesh so patreons you will get that i literally hate that more than i've ever hated anything in all of my life i I literally hate that i hate that more than my ex that's a big hate and it's like his stupid fucking fart can of a car that you know i hated like that's how much i hate that yeah it's 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 a thing and it's like i will say like just in, to put this out there i thought it was gonna be like a serial killer thing it's not this is like an actual thing that people just like did to be artsy and I'm like oh let's just recycle the fucking carcass yeah and, and so like you'll get the full scoop on a like the origin how this came to be and like a bunch of stories related to it but i just needed to let you know that that's like a terrible practice that actually existed and it actually wasn't even that long ago that it existed so you should become a patreon to hear about it because i want to tell everybody but toe won't let me tell everybody everything is it bad i'm so excited to listen to that no, it's, it's such not. such a great word, too. What was it again? I mean, it's a relief um, because I honestly thought LJ was going to banish all our patrons with that bullshit. No, no because I, I want to know more. It's our kind of people. And Krista, it's anthropodermic bibliopagy. That is a great word. It is. <laughs> I, just, I just, you know, I'm a serial killer person. I love a good serial killer moment. But, you know, I don't know. Books found in human skin is a little much for me. God, after I did the outline, pulling I like, like Dennis Nielsen pulling bodies out of the floor and cuddling with them, cool. <laughs> human skin books, less cool. She's like, that's where I draw the line. <laughs> I draw the line at literature. Yeah, I, Cuddling's fine. Yeah. yeah Cuddling I, corpses is fine. Take the literature away. <laughs> God. So that that's a thing that you guys are gonna have to like decide if you want to listen to personally i think it was really interesting and i'm glad astro does too at least i'm not driving people away with my content yet Mm, i think it's (laughs) just like i don't know it's terrifying oh to each their own i just needed to know but today's case i hate to say we've got some good old-fashioned murder for you because it doesn't feel right um good old-fashioned murder but it is some good old-fashioned murder and right before we start i do just want to say that although none of the source work that i have 
for today's case specifically comes from this source. I do want to shout it out because I downloaded it on Audible and you can actually get a free three-month three month trial of Audible where you can listen to this book by going to our website, saypsychorightnow.com and scrolling all the way to the bottom. There's an Audible link and you can get a trial there. I have several Playboy cases I'm working on right now. There's this one, Another Murder, and then just a general dark history of Playboy. And one of the sources that I've been using for that is called Down the Rabbit Hole, Curious Adventures and Cautionary Tales of a Former Playboy Bunny by author and entertainer Holly Madison. This book is a New York Times bestseller. And just in general, I think it's a great resource for people who are just interested in what really goes on behind the Playboy Mansion doors. But it was just a really good read. Highly recommend. Okay. But, all right. Best. Now moving on to business. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I just said, like, okay. Like, I was just <laughs> like, ew. I love audiobooks. I'm definitely going to listen to that. Perfect. Yeah, it, it was a really good one. And I believe that she voiced it herself i'd have to fact check that but it sure seemed that way very talented lady super talented we love to see it and another super talented lady was jasmine fiori who is the subject of our case today she was brought up outside of santa cruz california and was an only child her father had left her mother when she was only nine years old and in general, she was described as kind of being a tomboy. She loved to ride horses. She had an interest in race cars. And she was also like just really pretty. She was super stunning. And it said that, you know, people a lot of the times, just based on looking at her, mm-hmm. assumed that she would be like, you know, stuck up or, you know, just not fun to be around. But she was actually very soft-spoken and courteous and just like all around a nice person Uh, yeah so she went on to become a playmate and was known for attending the fun in the sun parties at the mansion those parties would basically like the people who were invited didn't necessarily have to be like residents of the mansion this actually does come from Holly's book, but Hugh had like a system where any girls who came to the mansion for parties ever would be Polaroid picked. So he'd take a Polaroid of them and then get their contact information and he would rank them like A, B, or C. A was like, come back to anything all the time, like always invite them back to all the events. B was like, you know, maybe they can come to like fun in the sun parties or you know, events where we need people for, like, body paint models or whatever. And then C would be, like, you know, if we're in, like, dire need of people, like, I guess call her, but, you know, whatever, like, not the top of our list. So she was... I literally hate that. I know. It's so misogynistic and gross. And just, like, as an aside, Holly Madison lived, like, the entirety of her relationship with Hef pretty much thinking that she was, like, a quote-unquote B-lister because he, like, psychologically abused her so much, would never let her be a centerfold or whatever until Girls Next Door 
came out and the opportunity presented that way. But he, like, used not getting a centerfold to keep her in line and, like, beaten down, basically. And it wasn't until she, like, went through his stuff that she found her own Polaroid and found out that she was an A and she, like, confronted him about it. She's like, I'm an A? Like, I had no idea I was going to be an A. It was actually, I think, like, one of his managers or something that not, like, hewed directly. And the lady was like, well, like, duh, you're an A. He wouldn't have, like, made like been in this relationship made you his number one girlfriend if you weren't an a and she's like well what the fuck i'm like why am i not a centerfold so yeah that's like a thing that he did he like cataloged women and stuff really weird so gross god so uh... gross so gross so skeevy zero stars for hugh so yeah it seems like fiore was one of the girls who he would bring to like some of these parties but more than that she had a pretty expansive career and was also a swimsuit model. She was a body paint model who did make appearances at the mansion in that regard. She was in shows at Vegas casinos, and she actually had success as well in acting in commercials for various brands. And towards the end of her life, she'd also obtained a real estate license and was planning to open a gym and personal training center so she was basically like a hashtag girl boss. She wasn't just, you know, like going to these parties and whatever, which I mean, that's fine if people did like just do that. But it, I mean, yeah. she seemed to be really driven, you know, and we love to see uh, it. Absolutely. Use that old fucker for a come up. I'm absolutely. for it. Take his wallet and then open your business. Let's see. So now that we've gotten some background on Jasmine, we're kind of going to get into how she was found. And that's where our case today begins. She was discovered dead at the age of 28, which really hits home. Like, I'm 28. That's so young. So young. Yeah. She was found by a man who initially thought that like the way that he found her she was in a suitcase in a dumpster and he thought that it was a small child when he called it in but when law enforcement arrived it became apparent that it it wasn't actually a child it was a petite woman they noticed very quickly at that point like once they started kind of taking inventory of the situation like properly cataloging things and all of that that her fingers had been cut off and it's not point, yeah so very very brutal thing to do to somebody even post-mortem I mean that's like the physicality that it would take to do that and just like how vile that is oh it's just disgusting. yeah like I just feel like fingers you know don't just slice off like a freaking piece of hot dog like no they don't and I know this because I watched the movie signs for the first time in my life last night and spoiler which like I don't feel bad about the spoiler because you've had 30 years to watch this movie or something don't be like me but This guy sliced off the fingers of an alien, and if you've seen it, you've seen it. I mean, it doesn't look easy to me, but yeah, to do that to an actual human person, uh, even post-mortem, I don't know. It's just next level, and they realized at this point, too, like, if her fingers had been chopped off, 
that it was probably an effort to prevent identification. So they didn't confirm this right away. They waited for the autopsy, but they also thought like, oh man, like I wonder if he or the killer, because I don't know who it is at this point, but if the aggressor had also possibly, you know, taken her teeth to prevent identification. It ended up being upon autopsy that they did confirm that speculation and that the person who had killed her had actually removed not only her fingers, but also her teeth. Oh, good grief. Yeah. What a dick. Such a dick move. Super rude. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, killing her was rude enough, but then, like, all the extra, just, like, maybe don't. Maybe don't. Honestly. Like, just, you know. Take it easy. Do less. Do less. (laughs) So, law enforcement at this point, they scatched, they sketched up a draft basically what they thought that she would have looked like injuries aside because you know they didn't want to release the a photo of her like battered and deceased body you know they thought like a reconstructed sketch would be more favorable so that's what they put out to the media in an effort to identify identify her but something that's actually really interesting about her case and something that I didn't know was possible once they actually got in there and did her autopsy even though they had this sketch worked up and put that out to the media right away upon the autopsy's completion they were able to identify her because she had breast implants and upon death all prosthetics they're removed from your body and the implants had a serial number on them And that serial number was able to be traced, which led to her identification before anything even came of, like, the sketch release. Yes. Moral of the story, get the titties. I was just about to say, like, if ever I wanted, like, breast zhuzh, I do now. (laughs) Like, the more ways to identify (laughs) me, the better. (laughs) absolutely what other uh, fake body parts can i put in so that these fuckers can't get away with my murder absolutely i thought the tattoos were enough but now i'm like nah fam need me some fake boobs too just to make sure we're definitely good cover all the bases get the exactly. absolutely so once they identified her by way of these implants they ran her through the missing persons database And sure enough, they determined that she was reported missing the same day that her body was found, which was on August 15th. The person who had reported her missing was none other than her husband, Ryan Jenkins, who said that she had been missing since the 14th of August, so just a day prior to the day she was found. Now, you would think that somebody who has reported their spouse missing would be pretty eager to connect with law enforcement in the event that evidence of their spouse's body being found has come to light. Yeah, you would think. Yeah, it seems natural, but nay, nay, not not Ryan. Law enforcement tried to call him multiple times, being that, you know, he was his he was her spouse and the one who reported her missing 
And also because just as a general protocol, anybody who's listening to this podcast, I'm sure knows you always want to clear out the spouse first. Like the most likely party to commit a murder is unfortunately oftentimes the spouse. And even just to rule them out, you want to speak with them first. So it was the natural course of action. But he was very evasive. And when law enforcement was able to reach Ryan, they he said that he did report her missing, but he had to get back to Canada for issues related to his visa. And obviously How law enforcement. You had just had to leave the country. Funny how that yeah. works. Yeah, exactly. And law enforcement was not feeling any differently than you guys. They were like, wow, Ryan, pretty fucking convenient, my guy. And immediately that, like, registered for them as just being a super odd response. Did they ever, like, look into the visa and, like, verify whether these aforementioned issues were actually taking place? So I did try to find that out and it wasn't clear, but I will say that later in the case, Canada doesn't come into play a bit more. So visa issues aside or not, Canada is a prevalent topic of this case, I will say. Perfect. Great. So law enforcement did dig further, not specifically into the visa issues from what I could find, although I'm sure that to some extent and capacity, they had to have looked into that. I mean, right? But what they did find is that this guy was in a reality TV show called Megan Wants a Millionaire. Do you guys remember that one? Honestly, no. no. I remember Who Wants to Marry a Millionaire or something like that. Yeah. No, like I, Joe, I, I don't remember. There was a couple of them. Yeah, there there was, I don't know, this whole like time period was like a time for weird ass reality TV shows. Mm, we remember. Yeah, it's like the time period of like America's Next Top Model and all that other stuff. But I mean, this is essentially where shit gets weirder. Megan Wants a Millionaire was basically centered on main character obviously named Megan she was a former playboy cyber girl and the premise of her show was essentially that she wanted to be I'm like laughing because same she wanted to be in a relationship but preferred that person be wealthy (laughs) which like honestly what else are men good for she's honey had expectations so yeah the bachelors on the show had to have a minimum net worth of a million dollars to basically be on this show that was kind of like a, a bachelory concept, you know, it was very much like you get a rose, you don't get a rose, or whatever, you know, one of one of those things. But the contingency for being on there was allegedly that you needed to have a net worth of a million dollars. Now, was Ryan a millionaire? Dot dot dot. Well, Ryan claimed to be a millionaire and went on the show where it became apparent pretty quickly, at least to Megan, that he was, in fact, not a millionaire. Which I'm like, did you guys even try? Like, you had one job. Get this girl some millionaires. And Literally. Like, how hard is it to be like, let me get your bank statements? Fact. That's what I'm thinking. Like, I mean, if the whole concept and premise of the show 
is that they must be wealthy. Like, at least, I don't know, like, maybe suss that out a little bit. But they did not, or at least did not thoroughly. This guy was essentially in financial ruins. Like, he was not thriving. Oh, he was broke, he was broke. Yeah. Now, was I mean, he, like, even... was he, like, rich people broke? Or was he, like, you know, I can't afford a Coke from McDonald's broke? I think it was like medium broke. I don't think it was like can't afford a Coke, but I don't think it was rich people broke either. I think that he was just like pretty freaking average. Because, you know, like rich people broke is like, oh, no, we may have to mortgage our third home to pay our tax debt. Yeah, no, he was not that kind of broke. Um, No, it, it would appear based on what I've read that like best case scenario he was doing average best case so regardless of this fact that had become apparent to megan she didn't bring it to the attention of production because she took a liking to ryan on set and they started to enter into a romance that was kept under wraps throughout production production nor the other contestants realized how much Megan was favoring Ryan because production would kind of push her in certain directions Mm. on on set for kind of their vision for the show but then her and Ryan behind the scenes kind of had their thing going but they did take Megan's opinion into consideration for a certain period of time until it came down to three people and at that point producers essentially told her that she had to eliminate ryan and the choice wasn't hers like that it was not their vision for ryan to make it to the honeymoon finale which would be like where an engagement happens that's just not what they wanted and it wasn't wasn't happening so she had to let ryan go not my favorite thing no and the way they did it wasn't great either no can i just say wait i'm I'm a little confused and i should have asked this question like five minutes ago i acknowledge that but like while this reality show is going on is that while he's with jasmine no so this is a precursor okay okay thank you so we kind of are dialing it back this is what law enforcement turned up when they started researching his past okay okay, okay. So, but it's his recent past very recent past okay okay so now ryan was initially in denial megan obviously cut him you know as she was instructed at the ceremony for that episode where they have to let somebody go but being under the close eye of the producers and headed to Mexico to film the season finale, she didn't have the opportunity to connect with him and smooth things over and explain what was going on. At least not until two days after the actual instance of like having to let him go like that. She was able to connect with him, but she had to ignore his calls at first because it's like she was under locking key of the production team basically you know she didn't have the ability to call him and be like hey like production made me do it you know what i mean but she figured if if she could just get alone time and explain things you know two days they could work this out you know 
So two days pass. She is able to connect with Ryan and she goes to explain to him what happened. And you guys are going to be like, what the fuck? Ryan coldly explains like that. He's like, you know what, Megan, it's over. I've met the love of my life and I'm married now. Maybe two days is enough time for sure. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So he was like lickety split moving on. Megan was rightfully (laughs) dumbfounded because just two days prior, two days prior, they had been talking about, you know, how they wanted to get married and that, you know, Megan was the love of his life, et cetera, et cetera. And now two days have passed and he's like, no, I met someone new. We're married. And like, what? I just, I have questions. Not being a fucking lunatic. Yeah. Side note, I was watching a documentary about this Jasmine Fiore case in my room on my laptop and John was playing video games next to me and I paused the documentary to take some notes and looked over at John and I was like see babe they got married after two days and he goes cool which one of them was murdered <laughs> absolutely <laughs> I was like okay that like <laughs> should have seen that one coming so yeah no ring yet but yeah Ryan he had met Jasmine the subject of our case today at a bar and when she entered her contact information into his phone she entered her date of birth and they realized at that time like oh my god ryan's date of birth and jasmine's date of birth like they're the same so they took that as a sign the sign and two days later they got married in a little white chapel so i was like i feel that was a reach bare minimum (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, that was like, you know, Elastigirl from The Incredibles. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, here's the thing. I happened to share a birthday with Hitler, so. <laughs> <laughs> Not really convinced that that's a great criteria for selecting a soulmate. God, now I need to know who I share a birthday with. Oh, I also think I share a birthday with Kourtney Kardashian. So shout out, Kourtney. <laughs> Alexander the Great. Don't really know what he did. He was great. But he was <laughs> I mean, what more do you want? He was great. Maybe there's something to this. Oh wait, I win. <laughs> Maybe I win. I got Tom Hanks. Oh bet. That's a good one. Okay, so Ryan and Jasmine sharing a birthday was not cool in the same way that Astro and Tom Hanks sharing a birthday was cool. They just like I feel like they just really took that and sprinted with it in a very forced gump type fashion and yeah they sh- they shouldn't have done not a did. great reason um, to get married friends no no and, and beyond that i mean you know these people they've known each other for two days and you come to find out that in those two days and like the early stages of their relationship they really oversold themselves to each other. Jasmine made herself out to be kind of a more successful model than she was, you know. And Ryan was claiming, not surprisingly, that he was a millionaire and his career would be further elevated by this reality TV show that he was about to be in that had just recorded and would be going to air and all of that. 
but it, it wasn't too soon after they tied the knot that this kind of power couple facade that they were kind of trying to cultivate for themselves crumbled as they realized that they got married to this like version of the other person that they'd presented themselves as, but neither of them were really that, you know, both from a career standpoint and from a personality standpoint even. So maybe like know each other more than two days. That's like my best advice for our Yeah, I feel like that is solid advice. Yeah. So Ryan actually reached out to Megan saying that he had married Jasmine on an impulse, like no shit, Sherlock, because he was upset about being eliminated, but he knew it was a mistake and that Megan was the one he wanted to be with. And then that kind of brings us to Tuesday, August 11th of 2009, which was four days before Jasmine's body was found. Jasmine went to go and meet her first husband, who she divorced in 2005 after he was sentenced to prison because he was being released for drug-related offenses. And, you know, he'd been in prison for, you know, whatever, a few years at this point. She wanted to go and kind of reconnect. Yeah, so on autopsy, it said that Jasmine did have her ex-husband's DNA inside of her when her body was found and they did reach out to the ex-husband to kind of vet him out because that that's a huge finding right but his alibi completely checked out he had an ankle monitor on as well so he couldn't have been anywhere near the site where her body was dumped and that so they just had like Hey, I haven't seen you in a long time and my marriage is miserable sex yeah it was like a little tete-a-tete if you will yeah yeah booty call or something um but yeah it it would appear that she went to him they did the nasty consensually and his hands are clean of any association with the actual murder job Um, criminal ex-husband great job way to just do drugs and that's it hope he's clean and thriving now but yeah no he he was ruled out pretty quickly as having hit he wouldn't have even been able to do this, you know, with an ankle monitor and all of that. So that led law enforcement back to Ryan as their primary suspect. They found out at this point that Ryan had a prior domestic violence assault charge in Canada and that he had been sentenced there to 15 months and a sex addiction therapy program. Ryan had also caught an assault charge right after he married Jasmine for becoming agitated and pushing someone in the pool when they were in Vegas. And those charges were still pending at the time of the murder. At the time, neither Megan nor the producers knew of the criminal background here. Megan says that producers were supposed to screen for these types of things on the show, but it was missed because the charges were in Canada and they were also expunged from his records. And then with regards to the Vegas charges, Ryan, I'll, I'll get into this in a second, but bear in mind that Ryan's trying to go on season three of Megan Once what? Millionaire at this point. So yeah. So I guess seasons one and two didn't work out for Megan. I don't know. <laughs> okay. But 
the Vegas charges didn't pull on the season three report either, even though they were now in U.S. territory, they weren't pulling because they were still pending. So because he hadn't actually been charged, I guess it wasn't pulling in, you know. So now we've got Ryan reaching out to Megan again later. And he says that he should come on the show for season three of I Love Money, which is still centered on Megan, it sounds like, but like under a different name or I don't know, is I Love Money and Megan Wants a Millionaire the same? Maybe it was like a really long name and they just call them that interchangeably unclear. But I guess probably that because it says season three and it's still Megan and she still loves money. Right? And she still wants a millionaire. Yeah. I mean, same concept. Still a gold-digging whore. Love her for that. Hate her pick of Ryan. Yeah. Not that we're shaming gold-digging whores, because honestly, guys, men aren't good for much. Like... (laughs) (laughs) She's like, do what you must. (laughs) Do, do, Do what you gotta do. Like, rob them fucking blind, because honestly, they're all useless. Okay, she's jaded, but Megan. (laughs) So let's see where we left off here. We never advertise this pod as being politically correct or, you know. It's objectively like politically incorrect, probably, but it's fine. We're we're doing great. But so let's see. Okay, he wants to go on season three. Wants to go on season three. And he's saying to Megan that, like, he needs some distance from Jasmine. He didn't want to be with Jasmine anymore. But also, it seemed like he couldn't handle rejection from Jasmine either. And, yeah. And so Megan thought that because of that combination, where, like, he didn't want to be with Jasmine, but he couldn't handle the rejection, she was also kind of like, well, maybe the space will help, like, both of you. And then, you know, you guys can, like, get over this. And, you know, me and you can smooth this over type thing. Jasmine found out that Ryan and Megan were talking, which unsurprisingly further escalated problems in their marriage. And at this point, Jasmine's just like, you know, this was bad i'm just gonna see if i can like maybe get this whole marriage annulled which is valid you know britney yeah yeah it's it's a mess so lisa lapore is fiori's mother she claimed that the couple were fighting frequently and she said that ryan was jealous of fiori's friendships with her ex-boyfriends then we've got dan jenkins who's ryan's father he says that fiori was his son's only friend in california and that she would disappear for days at a time and lie about it to his son which was really distressing for him um i made a note here that said wait why is jasmine his only friend red flag daddy (laughs) oh so just thought i'd share that with the class but for real though like your partner can't be your only friend. I mean, they should be your friend. They can't be, like, your only friend. And I feel like that would be a lot of pressure for somebody, and I would probably be disappearing for four days at a time, too. Okay. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. They're not supposed to be your only friend, but, like... No, they're objectively not. I mean, like, I'm in a functional relationship, but, I mean, 
you know, what does John do on Wednesdays? Like he streams video games with Mike and Sean. And what do I do on Sundays? Like, you know, you're in Pennsylvania, but you know, I stream yeah. with you. I've got Astro just, you know, on for funsies, you know? I have one friend and it's you. I was gonna say I have one friend. So. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. it's fine. Like you can have one friend, but like I'm just saying you can't expect your partner, partner to, like, to be everything. 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 Yeah. yeah. Valid. But, like, you also don't need, like, 17 closest friends to have an oh adequate... I hate people circle. that have 17 closest friends. Like, it's a, like, how do you even manage interacting with that many people? That sounds exhausting. I saw a video of someone who had like 30 bridesmaids and I'm like, I don't know 30 people I'd want to invite to a wedding. Yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> That's valid. And then there's me. So I was like, I hate people who have 17 closest friends. I'm like, you know, <laughs> I'm like, I kind of have like a At lot me. of friends. Yeah. I'm like, I have a lot of friends. I don't know. But like, I'm not somebody who like goes out a lot or whatever. And like yeah. at the end of the day, like, when I get married, my bridal party is only going to be monstrously big because I have six sisters. I didn't make this problem for myself. Absolutely. Anyways, so back on the subject of the annulment that, like, was definitely needed here. Jasmine's mom had said in an article to the Associated Press that her daughter had her marriage to Ryan annulled in May in two of 2009. But there are no court records of an annulment in either Nevada, where the couple had gotten married, or in Los Angeles County, where they had last mm. lived. So this didn't really necessarily seem to be correct. I did a little research, and it seems like annulments are like actually super difficult to kind of get a court to approved yeah i from my understanding i think you have to kind of like prove that the marriage was like barely a marriage yeah and, and it seems like a burden of proof thing based on what i was reading and essentially even situations like this where it's like if ever there was a case where an annulment would have made sense like it's situations like this where people get married within 48 hours and then like sober up when they leave vegas and they're like wait actually yeah you know. yeah from my understanding i think this is like a situation where it would apply but you know that being said you do have to act quickly as well yeah you do and it seems like she tried but you know it doesn't seem that that ever went through from what i read it seemed like even in cases where annulments like should be approved that because the burden of proof required to be shown is so like expansive that oftentimes marriages that should qualify for an annulment just ends up ending in a divorce actually because the process to get divorced is exceptionally more easy than an annulment process so meanwhile we've got ryan who did in fact go on season three of I Love Money, hashtag not sponsored, and producers relayed to Megan that he was calling his wife frequently and seemed to be into the idea of winning the money to win Jasmine back. So he's really playing both sides here. He's telling Megan like, oh, I don't want to be with Jasmine. I just need to clear my head. I just need to get away from her. You know, it's you that I want. 
And meanwhile, Jasmine, he's like, you know, kind of in there, but also talking to Megan on the side. And this is and why like, I say you know. rob them fucking blind, sis. <laughs> say, we do not like Ron. Um, no. I can't imagine Ryan? going on a show when you're married to meet another woman and Thank fall in you. love with another woman. It is mind boggling. Skeevy as hell. He just like gives like I don't know. Like just bad bad energy. Dirtbag. He gives fucking dirtbag. He does. He like it's like you know that guy from high school? Not any specific guy because I know Astro and I like went to the same high school, so not like that <laughs> little guy from high school, but like that concept of the guy from high school who's just like skeevy, you know. I, I went to and, high school with about forty six of those guys. I feel like yeah. Of course, I said like not any specific one. If you're listening at people from the archdiocese of wherever the heck we were. And you feel this applies to you? It probably does. You were skeevy then. I hope you glue up. <laughs> if you yeah. don't know who it is, then it's you. Yeah. Yes. At Thank people you. from Elizabethtown area high school, I'm also talking to you. If you're listening to this, yes, yes it's you. Hi. You're the problem. It's you. Yeah. I, I follow you all on Facebook now, and you're still just as douchey as you were, like, 12 years ago. Skeevy. And you should be ashamed of yourself. Ashamed of yourself. Okay. Do less. Do less. Or maybe do more if you're already doing too little. Maybe do more. Skeevy people. Skeevy boys. So yeah, Ryan was like king skeevy boy and was just skeeving. He was skeeving around with Megan. He was skeeving around with the wifey, Jasmine. So Ryan is on season three skeevy boy himself and in hindsight mark cronin did make a statement to e-weekly mark cronin was the co-founder of 51 minds entertainment they were the production company behind money megan the surreal life and the majority of vh1's you know celeb reality shows of that era and after jasmine was murdered Cronin had said that her murder was the worst thing to ever happen to him in his career. Erica Worth, her background check company, Collective Intelligence, was also caught up in the aftermath of the scandal due to Ryan's criminal background, which included, you know, the assault that we mentioned, the domestic violence situation we mentioned, completely falling through the cracks. And Erica had said, quote, when something comes that close to home, that's a really scary thing. The effects of it were devastating. However, I am grateful because I feel like it changed reality TV forever. And I, after like reading some of the commentary on the statements that were made, I'm just like, honestly, ew. Like Mark saying that the murder of Jasmine is the worst thing to ever happen to me. Like, ew. Okay, what about it happening to Jasmine or happening to Absolutely, her family? Like, me, like, pretty sure. God. You're not the victim here. No. I'm like, how are you going to say that it's, like, the worst thing to happen to you? Like, get out of here. And then Erica saying, 
like, oh, but I am grateful because I feel like it changed reality TV forever. Like, well, glad you can be grateful about it, Erica. So glad that you get to be grateful that Jasmine died so that background check companies can now be like, oh, maybe we should have done better. I'm glad that was yeah, worth it to you, Maybe you should you, fucking Erica. suck less, Erica. Yeah. Honestly, maybe, like, I hope you guys get the shits on your wedding day. <laughs> go have the diarrhea day you deserve (laughs) god so yeah that's like my that's like my go-to ill wish on my enemies because i feel like getting the shits on your wedding day would be horrible it would be very bad zero stars unless you're unless you're already married then i just i hope you get the shits like at the every day convenient time every day all day all day morning and night perpetual shits (laughs) that's what we wish for you erica (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i just had noted that like you know i mean yeah it, it is a positive thing that this did like, I think it's important for Jasmine's sake to note the positive impact that her death had on reality TV protocols for casting and stuff like that. You know, something positive did come of it in the long run. But I don't think that we should be justifying it or be like, oh, well, I'm grateful this happened or, oh, it's the worst thing that happened to me. Like, maybe all of you just suck less, do your jobs better and jasmine wouldn't have had to deal with any of this but okay i digress so we're at july 27th of 2009 this at this time ryan is texting jasmine relentlessly in an effort to reconcile and one way or another it wasn't really made clear like the driving force of like why this happened like if he was eliminated if he just like voluntarily left whatever the case he left the program again And this brings us to the events, essentially, that were a catalyst for Jasmine's murder. So there was a poker tournament that was held at Le Burge Hotel in Del Mar, San Diego. I probably said that wrong. Don't ask me. Very French. Just like Erica Letige, our Patreon. Good (laughs) callback. Liggett, whichever it is. So this is the hotel where they stay at the day before Jasmine dies. This hotel had heavy security footage, which later helped law enforcement piece together the events of the evening. On August 15th. Yeah, for real though. Shout out to them because how often, like show of hands, are we listening to a true crime story and then they're like they pulled the footage and the cameras weren't working. I was working, literally going to say. Yeah, literally. never work. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, especially in hotels, like get it together hotels. You know people are using your facilities to commit crimes. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And, and thankfully, you know, this is a situation where, you know, I'm sure this is a place where there's probably a lot of money coming in and out, you know, with it being more of like a casino type place from what i can tell you know where i mean there's a poker tournament taking place you know generally when it's places like that they're gonna have that heavier security presence and that helped a lot in her case so here's kind of a timeline of things august 15th 2009 it's 3 28 
p.m. when they arrive. Jasmine's Mercedes pulls up and they both exit the vehicle and luggage is removed from the vehicle. All of this you can see on the security footage. The security even shows that they were staying in the ground floor and shows them going to their room. Footage later shows them leaving their room. They're dressed up and they're ready for a night of poker. Now, meanwhile, Jasmine is texting Robert Hassman. Okay. She said, wait, who's Robert Hassman? Glad to answer that for you. Robert was a high-end realtor in Las Vegas, and he was a former love interest of Jasmine. She had texted him and asked him to send a plane for her, saying that she's done with Ryan Jenkins, which, like, I felt that. Like, some days, it's just, like, send a plane for me. Can I please have a man that will send a plane? Like, I call it Uber, <laughs> but there's people who live who send a plane for that, and just baffling. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm, it's just like the lifestyle that they were at. Like, just send a plane for me. No, I don't even need the rest of the lifestyle. Well, you know how I feel I mean, like, when planes. the bare minimum is the millionaire, I think the, the plane has to come with that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm just, I mean, we all know how I feel about planes. Yes. So I'm, I'm really just, I'm just in it for the plane. Honestly, I can live in a cardboard box if you send me a plane. Valid. She's like, I just don't even want the plane. man. I just want <laughs> precious metal <laughs> a plain digger big, not a gold digger i just want a big beautiful metal toes a plane digger at her slide into her dms if you have a plane <laughs> or, or if you're a pilot or a cfi maybe well which would be a pilot just slide into those dms and send a plane for her she she's she your own reality help. show <laughs> Tony needs a plane. <laughs> Get out of here. But can I be in charge of verifying that people who signed up for this reality TV show actually have planes? Or are we just going to look better than Homegirl? So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but. Absolutely. Um, and, and just to clarify, like, I, I don't have any preference on the type of plane. It can be a Cessna. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, any plane will do. Any plane. A Piper Cub is fine. It doesn't. We don't know what that means, but we don't plain okay. discriminate here. No, no plane, no plane shaming. So Jasmine was just like, "Send any plane for me, even your smallest one." I'm so done with Ryan. Any plane will do. And so Ryan pretty much realizes that she's texting somebody else, and they get into an argument and decide to leave. They actually ended up leaving to the Ivy Hotel nightclub, which I'm kind of like, you know, maybe if you, like, find out that she's texting somebody else, maybe, like, don't go to, like, just another nightclub and hope that that's going to improve the mood because it didn't. The argument only escalated further at the second location. And, yeah, they ended up leaving that second nightclub and arrived back to the casino at 2.30 a.m., This is the last time that Jasmine is seen alive via security footage, yet Ryan was seen alone at 4.30 a.m., so two hours later, looking rushed and frazzled on the security tapes. Now, how this area is set up, basically behind... There's a parking lot directly behind the casino, 
that would have made access to their specific like quarters where they were staying easy without being seen there's like a front entrance that is very heavy security footage right but then there's a back entrance where they were staying that was like less visible on security this isn't my favorite no so we like lose points here but i will say that their heavy security presence on all other areas was still plenty adequate but there's evidence in that area of blood and hair that was confirmed to be jasmine's and witnesses in neighboring rooms did say that they heard some type of an argument taking place. It's widely speculated that Ryan had found Robert's and Jasmine's text exchanges and confronted her and things turned violent, at which point he knew that things had gone too far and she would definitely press charges. And he resolved to just finish the job via strangulation so as to maybe possibly avoid potential ramifications because like if they couldn't honestly you little bitch bag you couldn't do like a tiny little bit of jail time do less do less pussy should have done less and taken the jail time he deserved but instead he took her into the bathtub and it's speculated that this is where and this is going to be a little bit graphic but you know here we are on this podcast and it's called say psycho right now so he removed her teeth and broke her fingers and flushed them down the toilet then put the rest of her body into one of the suitcases that they initially had checked into the casino with and this would have been an effort to avoid the identification to her body you can tell that he doesn't listen to true crime because if he knew anything he would know that Dennis Nielsen clogged a shitter and got caught that way, but... Right? It also made me think of that time when... I don't think... I think I posted about this on our podcast page one, but I don't, don't think I shared it. Like, in an episode, there was one night when I said to John something... Or he was... I don't remember exactly how it started, because it doesn't sound great that we were having this conversation to begin with, but considering the podcast that I do... Like, context is everything. So, John had said something like that he could murder me and get away with it. And I was like, bet. Yeah, sure. Like, what, what's your plan? How are you going to avoid being identified? And John, like, puts his hands in the air and <laughs> wiggles his fingers. And he goes, I'll burn my fingertips. <laughs> okay. Well, number one, John, you're dumb. You don't know how to kill people. <laughs> that's the stupidest thing i've ever heard in my fucking life why wouldn't you like put on some gloves first of all second i've met how are you going to avoid people identifying me not identifying you (laughs) number two jonathan i can murder you and not get caught like what do you mean you're gonna just burn your fingertips get out of here with your unique now little like just fucky mysterious fingertips Like, why'd you burn your fingertips off, though, my guy? No, <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, clearly he was doing some, like, just really vile stuff to avoid 
Jasmine's identification. It's clear. Don't worry, friendo. If John kills you, I'll take care of it. Thanks, fam. Not really pressed about it. One, considering he's just not the type. But two, considering that his best idea is to burn his own fingertips. <laughs> so it's fine. He's not getting away with anything. Not a threat, like to reinforce but... that we they always, you know, they always ask the spouse first. Exactly. Exactly. And now we have it on record. If John's ever walking around with burnt fingertips, with burnt fingertips. fingertips you guys know. <laughs> Let it be known <laughs> that that was his plan all along. All right. Oh, God. Freaking stupid. So let's see here. I'm just checking. Okay. So we've we've talked about the things he would have done in an effort to avoid the identification of her body. It's unclear. It, like, I don't have a time stamp on this, right? But at some time in the midst of all of this, there was a last text that was sent to Robert that just said, suck it. And in context of the text conversation, that didn't really seem like something Jasmine would have said. So it's believed this text was sent by Ryan, to which I have to say, like, are you twelve? Sucking, really? Douchebag thing to say in general. Yeah, like, at first, just... I, at first I thought you were gonna say she sent that, and I got really sad. Like, why would you send that to somebody with planes? No, it, it's believed that he sent it. Which I mean, that's just like such like a, you know, you you really like you murder this poor girl. You are dismembering her body to avoid identification. And in the throes of this, you're like, I know what will really, like, just get back at this guy. I'm going to text him, suck it. Like, yeah, that seems plan. like the intelligence level. Yeah. Like, great plan, Ryan. Again, maybe you should have done less. <laughs> like, that's the whole moral of Ryan's story. Never a bad idea to do less, Ryan. <sighs> so... On our timeline, we're now at 6.24 a.m. Ryan leaves the room through the front exit. So that's the one that has the heavy security. And they can see him carrying his clothes piled up in his arms, notably with no luggage. So this would mean that on checkout, any luggage that he removed from their room could only have been removed through the back exit where the camera view didn't reach. And due to the warrants that enabled law enforcement to access certain security footage, they were actually able to get a lot more footage, not just from the casino, but from the county where all of this took place. And law enforcement was able to, via this footage, watch Ryan drive from the hotel around town pretty aimlessly. It seemed pretty obvious to them, considering the circumstances, that he was looking for an adequate place to dispose of her body. And he eventually pulled off at this apartment complex where cameras could actually see him disposing of the suitcase containing Jasmine's body in the dumpster. So he was not just caught red-handed on security camera at the casino, but like literally the whole drive to this apartment complex and actively dumping her body. He was on film the entire time. What a fucking idiot. Yeah. Special shout out to those security cameras that they were all working. Yeah. Old stars. It's just very amazing. I hate that it's so impressive, 
But also, I'm like, good job, guys. Like, more stories like this, because with how our world is wired today, the fact that all of these stories so often are like, well, the cameras couldn't really... I'm like, really? In this day and age? Like, I can have a chit-chat with AI, and they can tell me how to better parent my children, but (laughs) we can't, like, maybe just have security footage that just functions as it's intended to? Seems iffy to me. horrible better priorities much like this area seems to have because their security was it so now law enforcement has literally just basically all but watched the murder take place in the the unit itself right i mean they've seen him go in leave without her you know looking frazzled running around trying to figure out his little plan around 410 you know leaving around 630 driving all around actively dumping the body they they know that it's him that they're looking for at this point and so they announce it publicly on the news they say ryan alexander jenkins is wanted for the murder of jasmine fury and they offered a twenty five thousand dollar reward for his capture in return. I say they, it was the United States Marshal Service who specifically posted this award, but Ryan's on the run. He had gone to his storage unit in Vegas, hitched it to his BMW, and traveled north. Law enforcement notified Northern Canadian boundaries, and Ryan was almost caught by the U.S. Coast Guard, but it was night and the seas were choppy, so due to the conditions, the Coast Guard actually lost him, and Ryan did make it to a marina where he was able to dock his boat, and he crossed the border on foot where he ended up meeting his sister in Hope, Canada. His sister was Alina Jenkins, and she was a half-sister. The vehicle that she was driving had Alberta plates, and on arrival, she helped Ryan go to, like, this little motel, and they she parked the car behind the dumpsters rather than, like, where a normal person would park it, like, in the motel parking spots, mm. you know? And the motel owner did, like, he was, like, boop, like, red flag. Okay, that's, like, a little weird. So he was just, like, I'm going to keep an eye on that. Like, that's strange, but, like, not strange enough to be, like, oh, I'm just, like, absolutely not going to give you a room, but just kind of, like, why, though, you know? So Alina ended up checking into the Thunderbird Motel for three nights, paying in cash while Ryan waited in the car. The motel owner reported that Alina seemed calm at the time of check-in. The next day was August 21st, and the motel manager also reported that he saw Ryan on property that day, but that Ryan looked exhausted and was not recognizable at all compared to the photos that were being circulated in the media like he just looked so worn down and what was ryan just like i know right but just for the sake of like the motel person or whatever like the photos that were being portrayed versus like the actuality of how ryan was walking around like he didn't really connect the dots you know so this brings us to august 23rd neither alina nor ryan checked out So the manager and his nephew, you know, having in mind that they were kind of like the weird 
couple that had checked in, parked behind the dumpster, guys walking around looking busted as hell. The manager and his nephew go together to check on the room, thinking like, you know, they might, it's this might be a two-person job type situation, you know? They're thinking like maybe like drugs could be involved or something like that. But what they didn't expect was what they found. They had found that Ryan had hung himself and side note, fuck his sister. Um, I actually wrote in my exact notes that I hope she has chronic diarrhea every day for helping with this escape. <laughs> so that's like the theme for today. There's just a lot of people who deserve diarrhea in this story. <laughs> Honestly, that makes me so fucking mad that he did that he unalived himself because like, no. Yeah, he should have had to face it. He took he the yeah. face it. Fucking fuzzy. He deserves the shits, too. I hope that his private hell in the afterlife is just lots and lots of diarrhea. I hope that his private hell in the afterlife is lots and lots of diarrhea and being humped by a big horny bird. (laughs) So specific. (laughs) Okay, has nobody ever seen the movie Little Nicky? No. No. Okay, well, go watch the movie Little Nicky and understand what it's like to get humped by a big horny bird in hell. Oh my god. Okay, so this is like a literal bird, not like a bird like you call planes. Oh no, no, a bird with feathers. <laughs> my brain was like this guy, man's getting humped by a chunk of metal, having the cacas. Okay. Oh my <laughs> god. No, no, like a bird with feathers. Oh my god. This is like Toby's smut. This is... <laughs> oh my god. god, no. But you know what? Oh, planes are so great. But no, talking about a feathered bird. God, okay. Well, Ryan deserves only bad things in the afterlife is the moral of the story. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, the point is he doesn't deserve anything like related to planes. Not even being humped by one in the afterlife. God, no, he's not that lucky. No, he he's not worthy. He doesn't even deserve a plane ride to hell because that would be joy. That's true. Okay, well, we have determined Ryan deserves only bad things. End of the day. So something that was wrongfully circulated in the media was that Ryan was found with his his will and testament like with a suicide note and and that wasn't really correct it technically was with him but not in a way that was immediately evident you know it was on his computer and it was dated august 20th 2009 which would have been the date of hotel check-in but we know that he was seen after the fact it was titled last will and testament but it did read more like a suicide note than a will And it wasn't something where it was like they just walked into the room and it's like, oh, here's the suicide note. Like, no, they took things in as evidence and were able to turn that up when looking through his computer, you know. So even in his quote unquote last will, which again we said is more like a suicide note, he had to victim blame and made it a point to paint Jasmine as being a monster, saying that she brought out the worst in him. But yet he simultaneously was claiming that Jasmine was the key to his happiness. And he acknowledged, which like, I don't even care, do better. He said he was sorry for not taking accountability for his uh, for his actions. It's like, you're obviously it's not sorry enough, right? understatement of the year. 
Yeah, like, sorry for not taking accountability for my actions is when you, like, forget to take the trash out and it's, like, moderately inconveniences the household because now you're a little backed up on trash. So, (laughs) definitely one of those situations where it's, like, okay, sorry doesn't cut it. Like, if you were sorry, you could have just, like, not killed yourself and turned yourself in and you could have like just not not killed killed. your wife too (laughs) yeah and there was also the option of like not taking her teeth not taking her fingers not dumping her in a dumpster like she's just trash there were like a hundred points in this story where we could have had some like turn of like showing some humanity and instead he just took the worst road every step of the way so fuck ryan so now circling all the way back megan was made aware that ryan had been arrested when or i'm sorry i shouldn't say had been arrested that a warrant had been put out for ryan's arrest when her roommate caught wind of this on the news and rushed to the bathroom where Megan was showering to tell her. Megan initially thought this was all a misunderstanding and was shocked to realize the gravity of the situation. Ultimately, E canceled the show and Megan's modeling career crumbled from the association that she had and previously being linked to Ryan romantically. Okay, that's, um, that's not fair. I would say, like, she was somewhat innocent right yeah no because i mean obviously she was just like a bystander in this scenario so you know ruined jasmine's life also ruined megan's life too exactly yeah it ended jasmine's life and then the direct association like you know megan had a good little career trajectory going for herself but that association it was like she was just blacklisted because nobody wanted the heavy like energy of that association i guess or that to be like at the front of the conversations they didn't want that publicity so you know like earlier i was saying with regards to mark and erica like fuck you and fuck you're like i'm the victim in this mentality because you contributed this yeah like contributed to this but fuck with you Megan, fuck you and the dick you wrote in on honestly absolutely but with megan i'm just like you know no like i really do feel bad for her because you know jasmine obviously you know she was murdered we feel the worst for her for her family for her friends but megan i mean that's got to be so traumatic as well like having a romantic relationship with somebody who is capable of doing something like that and then also having it just like full stop your career on top of having to sort through that trauma of unpacking the association with somebody who is capable of murder and such a grotesque murder at that i I just feel awful for her so yeah just really tragic overall there were a lot of people who loved jasmine she had some really big plans and ultimately you know, all of her plans, all of everything that she was working toward was just snuffed out by this narcissistic lunatic because he couldn't handle the idea that Jasmine was taking control and, like, 
wanting to move on from this toxic situation. In a statement to ABC News, long-term friend of Jasmine, Sarah Jansen, said, quote, Oh God, Jasmine was just exciting. She brought a new lease on life to us up here. She was a beautiful girl, and she knew that life could take her places. She wanted big things in her life, and she was going to get them. So, you know, like I said, she was just important to so many people. She was so loved by her family, by her friends. She was really going places, and... You know, Ryan was not a fraction of that and had to fake his way through any ounce of career trajectory that he got. You know, he was just a real scummy, 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 skeevy little scumbag. And that's really all I have for today. Zero stars. Okay. Thanks for sharing that. Justice for Jasmine. Justice for Megan. But Honestly, can we like burn in hell getting pumped by a bird with feathers for eternity while shitting yourself, Brian? Absolutely, That's all he deserves for the rest of his days. Honestly, it's the only way. God, well, that said, Toe, what's our next episode that they have to look forward to? Oh, wow, great question. Let me consult the calendar. Uh, Astro, are there any socials you'd like to plug? Thank you so, so much for joining us today. Oh, sure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you can find Cat Gaming on Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Kick, all the platforms, Astro Cat Gaming, Twitter, all that. Fantastic. And definitely check her out. Check um, her out. She's a great time. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Perfect. All right. Well, uh, now that we've done an hour and 30 minutes of banter, you guys have the week you deserve, whether it's diarrhea or rainbows and butterflies. Have the week you deserve. Or like bacon, egg, and cheese bagels from McDonald's. Oh, bet. Oh. Have the week. Have the week you deserve, guys. Love you so much. See you next week. Bye. Oh no! Did we perform a fuckeroni?